There's a spiritual war that's going on for our communities. It's a war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to equip us to be His occupying force in our communities. Join in today to learn more. Welcome to today's episode of Occupying Force. This episode is made possible by partners of Watchmen Arise International. If you'd like to be part of the funding for this Occupying Force podcast, please visit our website at www.watchmenarise.com and become a partner or give a one-time donation. Today we're going to talk about the Lamb's War. Too many Christians have made spiritual warfare about their enemy rather than God's. Last week, we talked about the enemies of God. So we wanted to continue this week in that vein and really look at the Lamb's War and what that's all about. When we focus on the enemy rather than God, the result is worry, anxiety, and stress. And when we pay more attention to what God's enemy is doing rather than what God is doing, our wrong focus will bring wrong interpretation. Today, we're going to address this very issue. So we're going to look at Psalm chapter 2. We love this passage of Scripture. It gives us a tremendous picture of the battle between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. About 60% of this psalm is quoted in the New Testament. There's a reason for this. Verse by verse, the story of the Lamb's War is painted for us. When understood, we will rest in the revelation that the Father has plans to deal with the contention of nations. Important point made here is because we want to stay in that place of rest. We don't want to find ourselves getting caught up in a whirlwind, being tossed and turned by every voice that's coming at us, because we will find ourselves being unstable and caught up in worry and anxiety. So as we look at this psalm today, One of the things that we just fully believe Holy Spirit's going to do is take you into that place where you can rest no matter what's going on around you. In Psalm 2, it only has 12 verses, but there's four different perspectives that are presented here. And so we're going to go over each one. You know, we have the voice of the nations, the voice of the Father, the voice of the Son, and the voice of the Spirit. In just these short 12 verses. So we're going to start with verses 1 to 3, and we're going to read out of the Passion Translation to gain a fresh perspective on this psalm that many of us have read over and over again. Verse 1 starts out, How dare the nations plan a rebellion? Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit as the rulers scheme and confer together against Yahweh and his anointed king, saying, Let us come together and break away from the Creator. Once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and his Christ. So we see here a perfect picture of what we're facing today. One of the things we've said before on these podcasts is it's so recognizable today the plans of the enemy, and those things are being revealed to us more and more each day. And we recognize that it really does have to do with the nations, not just the United States of America, not just South America, but literally all of the nations. Interesting, he uses this word power brokers. 
those that have been in control for a long, long time, those that have been setting their own schemes and plans, and for most of us being in the dark and not even recognizing that those so-called secret meetings and plans and really structures of darkness have been going on, And yet now today in the world that we're living in, it's becoming very clear exactly what their motives are and what they want to do. And yet he makes it clear here that their plans, and again, if we talk about it with what we're facing today, whether we want to call it socialism, whether we want to call it communism, whether we want to call it dictatorship, no matter what we want to call it, we recognize that The enemies of God have always been up to that which has to do with control, manipulation, deception. And then this scripture makes it clear is really what they're doing is they're scheming against Yahweh and his anointed king. And they want to do away with the things of God. And so once again, we're seeing those things. It's an antichrist spirit. It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's not about different political parties. It's become very clear that what it's about is the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of Satan. And so here, once again, God draws a very clear picture of what they want, and they want to erase everything that has to do with the Creator Himself, which then means they want to erase everything to do with us that are indeed created in the image of God. This is not a new situation. We look back to the Tower of Babel as they went on to create their own worship structure. They came together and planned to be as one nation, as one group, one legislative assembly coming together against the ways of the Lord Most High and develop their own nation apart from Him. We all know the story there where God basically in that situation laughed and said, oh, no, you're not. And he sent forth the edict that divide their languages, send them off into different lands. And all of a sudden you see all the nations were born. And I mean, God did that in one day. Right. And so here we are in a day and time where once again, they're trying to build the same kind of structures. It's the same place of idolatry. It's that same thing that's going on. And we're looking around and we think, oh my word, everything's out of control. And yet when you look at it from the passage of Psalm 2, you recognize, no, God knows exactly what's going on. And just exactly what God did in that day with the Tower of Babel, in his own way in our day, God can come in a moment and shift things. Right. Which brings us to the next verses, verses four to six. And here we see the voice of the Father. And so it goes on and it says, God enthroned merely laughs at them. The sovereign one mocks their madness. Then with the fierceness of his fiery anger, he settles the issue and terrifies them to death with these words. I myself have poured out my King of Zion, my holy mountain. So once again, makes it very clear, God sits on his throne. He's not shaken. He's not surprised by all that's going on. He's known, even though so much of it's been hidden from us, God's known everything that's happening in the world today. 
and he sits in a position of rest. He sits in a position with no anxiety. He literally has a position where he's laughing at what's going on. That needs to be our position. When we talk about the Lamb's War, then what needs to be going on in our hearts is that we're agreeing with God that as he sits in the heavens, so we sit in the heavens, and we can laugh at the works of God's enemies and not be shaken off by them. His throne is sure. It's not going anywhere. You know, I'm going to read Psalm 21, 7 to 13, and this is going to be out of the New American Standard Version. But this really reveals the plan of the Father. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the loving kindness of the Most High, he will not be shaken. Your hand will find out all your enemies, and your right hand will find out those who hate you. You will make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath, and fire will devour them. Their offspring you will destroy from the earth, and their descendants from among the sons of men. Though they intended evil against you and devised a plot, they will not succeed, for you will make them turn their back. You will aim with your bowstrings at their faces. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. You look at this here, and it really shows you that the Father has an eternal solution through his Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what we're after. We want to be able to see through God's eyes and what he's up to. And we recognize, even in this verse that we read in this particular area where he says, I myself have poured out my king on Zion, my holy mountain. We recognize that God's eternal solution is in his son. Mm -hmm. So again, here in the Old Testament in Psalm, he's making it very clear that the solution that I've always had in mind is in my son. Now, if you put that in the eternals, because literally all through the scriptures, that which had to do with the coming of the Messiah, even to the point of his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, those things in the eternals, that those things take place before the foundation of the earth. Mm -hmm. And so here God's speaking from that standpoint. The next passage in this scripture turns and it talks about the son speaks. And so why don't you read that? I will reveal the internal purpose of God, for he has decreed over me, you are my favored son. And as your father, I have crowned you as my king eternal. Today I became your father. Ask me to give you the nations and I will do it, and they shall become your legacy. Your domain shall stretch to the ends of the earth, and you will shepherd them with unlimited authority, crushing their rebellion as an iron rod smashes jars of clay. So we see now the very pronouncement of God's eternal solution and that being his son. And so it makes clear exactly who the son is from the standpoint of what God has to say about him. And I love this part because it says then, God is saying to his son, ask me to give you the nations and I will do it and they shall become your legacy or your inheritance. So once again, we see that this is a completed thing. In other words, we're agreeing with what God's already said because the son has indeed asked for the nations. 
And then it makes it clear that his domain will stretch to the ends of the earth. So what we see going on in this hour, again, that has to do with the nations of the earth and the earth itself, it's been a settled issue. And that's the reason we call this the Lamb's War, yeah. because it is a completed war. And what we mean completed is, is that all that is needed to the words of Jesus saying it is finished, it really is finished. What we're seeing now is a revelation of that finished work. Right. And that's what we're calling for as, as warriors, as intercessors, as partnering with God in this Lamb's War in bringing about the complete destruction of that place where God's enemies have established themselves. The nations are the son's inheritance. That's the very land. It's given to them as a possession in Psalm 2, verses 8. And it also paints a picture when you get into verse 9 about how this is the lamb's war. It's not our war. It's the lamb who is warring against those that are the enemy of God. We also see that Revelation 2, 26 to 27, Revelation 6, 15 to 16. If you go and you read those passages, you will see it is the Lord above that wages war against the enemy. I love that he uses it this way. He talks about unlimited authority. Goes along with that passage of scripture where the government, the government rests upon him and that government of peace continues to increase. And he says, literally crushing their rebellion as an iron rod smashes jars of clay. So in this hour that we live in, the Lamb's War, the season we're in, we get to partake, be partners with God in this Lamb's War as he's going to come and literally crush all of his enemies. Now, it may be hard to see exactly in the day. We may say, well, right now in this day, we don't really see the full manifestation of it. But when we look at this, I mean, this is an absolute assurance, a prophetic decree. What God says in his word will indeed take place. Right. And we believe we're in that hour. Yes. We don't believe this is a, a word for down the road. An hour right now at the revelation of the enemies of God being so clear their hatred for God and their hatred for what God stands for, their hatred for God's people and all that they're trying to do to snuff it out, then God recognizes it and sees it and the God of justice will indeed bring justice. It's worth reading Revelation 6, 15 to 16 because we see the, the end perception of what's going to happen. It says, Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountain and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Wow, what a picture John got when he was revelating and received that. So a lot of you that are listening to our podcast, a lot of you are watchmen. A lot of you are intercessors. A lot of you are those that have, you're decreeing the things of God. You're speaking what it is that God has to say, bringing the truth of God's kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. This psalm is a psalm that you should be decreeing in this hour. 
lining up with what God says he will do. And as you begin to read through the Psalms, you will find so much, just like we've shared today, different Psalms, you'll find so much of this kind of language, you want to say what it is that God's saying. So now this passage of scripture in Psalm 2, it shifts gears again, and now it talks about the Holy Spirit speaks. And it says this, it says, Listen to me, all you rebel kings, all you upstart judges of the earth. Learn your lesson while there's still time. Interesting statement. <laughs> Wake up, learn your lesson while there's still time. Serve and worship the all-inspiring God. Recognize his greatness and bow before him, trembling with reverence in his presence. Fall face down before him and kiss the sun before his anger is roused against you. Remember that his wrath can be quickly kindled. But many blessings are waiting for all who turn aside to hide themselves in him. So immediately we see here the Holy Spirit says, here's the answer. Turn away from your idolatry. Turn away from your rebellion. Turn away from your stubbornness and look to God. Recognize who God is as a creator and let your heart be opened up and become one who worships the real king. Is We understand, those of you listening understand, God, Elohim himself, making these declarations in this passage. He's the creator of all gods, all lower gods, all angels, all humans. He is their creator. And he's speaking, Holy Spirit now says, would you wake up? And, and wake up now. Don't waste any more time. And in your waking up, let your heart be opened up so that from that place, I mean, this whole thing ab about kiss the sun. In other words, find yourself in that place, in that position to where you are going to recognize him as king of kings. Now, we spend quite a bit of time in our book, Preparing for Battle, talking about the kiss of the Lord and the significance of that Hebrew word, nashak. And it's also talked about in Song of Solomon, chapter one, verse two, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth because your love is better than wine. And it's such a provocative statement that the Shulamite made in that particular passage, but she had an understanding of what that word nashak means. Nashak, it means a kiss, you know, like you might kiss your loved one or your grandchildren, you know, or greet someone with a holy kiss. It would be a holy nashak. But the word also in Hebrew means to be equipped. It means to burn, to be kindled with fire. It means to be prepared. And so with this, when we kiss the sun, when we come to the sun into that place of intimacy and it's linked with your worship and your worship is linked with your heart linked to your creator, it's not about you singing songs. It's not about you playing an instrument for him. It's not about how many songs you can play on your playlist. It's about your heart being in tune with the Lord and how blessed it is when you get a kiss from the Lord Most High. Because in those times of intimacy, in those times of pure worship, that's when you become all that you're created to be because you're receiving direct impartation from your Creator. You know, we talked a few episodes ago, episode 15, about we identity. 
the force be with you. And with that, we had the revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in us individually equals a we. Well, this is an opportunity based on what we're reading in Psalm 2 verse 12 is to come into that place of communion with him there in the we. And from there, you're really going to receive and receive your identity as one who's seated with him in heavenly places. I love too that in the Passion Translation, he brings out even a few other definitions for that word kiss. That literally means to be in subjection to. So from what you just described, there's this willingness, there's this openness in your heart because you recognize who he is. And so it's not like this thing of control. No, it's this thing of yielding to and saying, I recognize who you are. We said it in Weedinity that no, you're outnumbered, but you're outnumbered in a greater way. And so therefore you say yes to that. Another word that some translations use is, is to be armed with purity. So what happens when this kiss comes, when there's this kiss that takes place between us and then the lamb, then there's a release of the substance of purity. And so in this hour that we're living in, you can see the need for purity versus that which has to do with, you know, whether we would call it lies or deception or any of those kinds of things. No, we're looking for God to bring about purity in the hearts of men that right now are in that place of rebellion. So rather than their hearts being filled with greed and control, their hearts will turn and be filled with purity, which means it'll be filled with trust, which means it'll be filled with love for the people around them and the God that created them. Recognizing that God has got this, we trust and stand with him in this now manifestation of destroying his enemies. And we're hoping that through the study of Psalm 2 that you're given a clear picture of the enemy's manifesto and God's solution. So the takeaway today, when you're praying, when you're interceding, when you're seeing the nation's rage, when you think that things are hopeless, pull out your Bible, pull out Psalm 2, and start declaring and decreeing the things that are written in this psalm and you will be amazed at how your prayer language and your perspective is going to change as you intercede the other thing it'll do is it'll take your eyes off flesh and blood in other words because there becomes such this animosity towards people that are controlled by this rebellious spirit so when you see this you recognize no wait a minute I'm going to see from the perspective of the Lamb's war. And this that God's spoken, I mean, God spoke it to us very clearly, not just us. He's spoken it to a whole lot of other people that we run with, and that is God's got this. When we recognize that God's got this, then all of a sudden it takes all of that anxiety off of us, and we will be able to see clearer than we've ever seen before. So as always, we've enjoyed this podcast with you today. We love the opportunity to, we can almost say, hang out with you. 
I recognize it's one-sided. We're doing all the talking, but we'd really love to hear from you. We'd really love to begin to develop relationship with you. So you can go to our website, www.watchmenarise.com. And from there, if you want to communicate with us, you can do it by email. You can look at the resources on our website. And once again, we're able to do what we do because of those that partner with us in one way or the other. And so if you go to the website, there is a donate button there. There's different ways that you can partner with us to become financially involved and plant seed in our lives with what God's doing. And we would love it if you would share this podcast with your friends and your family. And don't forget to subscribe. You can do that at Charisma Podcast Network on Amazon, Spotify, Google, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe for it. Thank you for listening.